What's your name, kid? The Human Spider. The Human Spider, that's it? That's the best you got? Yeah. Oh, that sucks. The sum of $3,000 will be paid to the terrifying, the deadly, the amazing Spider-Man! I'm Griffin. I'm Molly. And we're going into the Superverse. Welcome back to Into the Superverse, and today we are talking about Spider-Man from 2002. The Sam Raimi special, baby. Tobes himself. So, in anticipation of Spider-Man No Way Home, if you haven't listened to our discussion about the cinematic history of Spider-Man, go ahead and hope over there, do yourself a favor so you can catch up. We will be watching every Spider-Man movie um, before No Way Home comes out. And that's a lot of Spider-Man in... 16 n- weeks. Not a lot of time. Um, but we are really excited to be going back through this journey. Um, we, pre-podcast, uh, watched the Raimi Spider-Mans last year. Um, but honestly, watching it today, I was like, you know what? This is rewatchable. I don't feel like I just watched it recently. It did feel rewatchable. Yeah. Even though I had some thoughts. Yeah. Well, of course we have thoughts. That's why we're doing the podcast. (laughs) I feel like I, my notes swayed a little critical. Mm. So I did jot down some positive notes. I think because I've seen it so many times, I feel like I'm not experiencing it like, oh my gosh, like this is happening. Like this movie has been around like pretty much our entire, almost our entire lives. Correct. Sans like eight years, but, um... I just, I just think I've seen it more than a lot of other movies, so it, I was like probably pointing out things more. Plus, I was nailing in on why I don't like Tobey Maguire. Yeah, we'll get into that. <laughs> we'll get into that. I'm not, I'm not here just to dump on the Tobester, to be yeah, clear. Yeah, you're going to be the great defender. We got a lot to talk about here, and it's not all about him, even though I think he would prefer it that way. Certainly. No, there's some stars in this uh, film. Yeah. So, if you don't know what we're talking about, of course you know what we're talking about. This is probably the movie that you could say uh, kick-started the, the modern era of Marvel movies. Uh, you know, it predates Marvel Studios, but, you know, Kevin Feige's around at this point. Uh, X-Men is here. We're kind of on that precipice. You know, it's no longer just Batman getting the big screen treatment and Superman, of course. There were a lot of things in this movie that I picked up on, and maybe it's because we just rewatched some of the Batmans, but it felt very Batman-y. For sure. All of, like, anything that he's doing, something, like, on the street, like, there's criminals on the street or something like that, that all felt very much in Gotham City. Yeah. And, like, I'm not... I'm not saying it as a bad thing, but, like... No, I wasn't either. Except for there's a formula that clearly worked for the um burton batman movies so yeah you can see where sam raimi got that inspiration and it helps that like you can also tell that he had a bit of like his horror influence kind of seeps through in some of the stuff which makes it feel yeah not major ways but you know there's like a couple like cheap little jump scares and stuff like that i mean i do think um, maybe we're we're getting ahead of things but i think Uh, certainly spider-man is kind of a marriage of Superman and Batman. He's got the whole, like, orphan, like, angst going, but he's also, like, 
a good boy, like, and I'm going to help all of these people, like, it, and because they're, like, the three, I think the three most, like, classic. Oh, I mean, they definitely are. Characters. Like, you can really see where Spider-Man finds the middle of those two, like, really big, like, kind of extremes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's just uh, jump in from the top. Uh, We, in this film, we are viewing Peter as a senior in high school on the cusp of graduation, which is something that I always forget about. Um, I know. I know that it's in high school, but then I'm like, but they have so much like where they're not in high school. Yeah. Which is just kind of interesting. And it makes it every, every bit more believable, you know, at least slightly that these actors could be playing. That they're like 30. They're not freshmen. Uh, yeah, obviously it's still not close. I think, uh, Tobey Maguire is in his late twenties already, or at least, uh, mid twenties at this point. But, um, I think it was a kind of a, an interesting choice and I, I like it and because it gave them a bit more freedom with the story, but, um, you know, reading the Spider-Man comics, it's so, at least the ones that I read, which were all like on the much earlier side, it's so quintessential Spider-Man for him to be in high school, um, but I guess they decided it would be, I don't know, more, uh, just worked for their story more to have them graduate halfway through. I, I think maybe it was, be- well, they clearly already had the story, but I don't know how much of it was informed by the actors. Um, but the, t- the, and it changes that the two franchises after this that we're familiar with are definitely in high school. Mm-hmm. So I think when we think about Spider-Man 2, we think about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because I think you brought up something in our last episode about, you know, the video game explorers, like a an older Spider-Man, but he's probably not that much older than Peter is in, this, in these movies. Like, by the third movie, by Venom, he's mm-hmm. been doing it however many years. Yeah. Yeah, that's but true. But he hasn't really matured like the Spider-Man in the video game. Nope, nope. And, you know, I don't know how much this Spider-Man will ever really mature. He's not really on that path when last time that we see him, but people can change. Um, so they go on a field trip uh, to this place that is, for some reason, producing super spiders. Hang oh, on a second. Bit, yeah, I we really got to go back. about the super spiders, but okay. Please. We got to go back to him riding the bus. Oh, well, of course. <laughs> and this is why children are afraid to ride the bus. <laughs> they think that they're going to get made fun of on the bus. And the bus driver is really mean. He's in on it. He's an asshole. He is, is this what bus drivers in, like, Brooklyn are like? <laughs> anyone from <laughs> New York can confirm. Every, every school bus driver in Queens is an asshole. And they pick on the nerds. Like, school bus, not just, like, city oh, yeah, it's bus. Not a, it's not a public bus. Um... Yeah. I, that's the first thing that happens, and I just felt like we needed to address that um, trauma that and, probably uh, affected many many young people. I'll stay with you. <laughs> and even the other nerds on the bus don't want anything to do with him. Yeah, really, uh, really gets. He's also place. like not that nerdy. Like, yes, he's like a doofus fully, but like he's pretty innocuous in the beginning. Like, hey, you know, shit happens. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's not like in the early comics where he's wearing a sweater vest all the time. and Yeah. But, I don't know. He is uh, extremely awkward. They never, they tell us that he's smart in this. And he does have, like, the one fact about spiders. But, like, 
I don't think we get to see him be smart. And I think that's one thing that they did well with Andrew Garfield was they showed him being a science nerd and, and Tom Holland. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I guess maybe they were afraid of laying it on too thick or something. Yeah, and they just decide to focus on other things with him, which is also fine. Like, that's not a real, like, flaw. Yeah. Okay, so he gets bit by a spider. Yeah, and they're on this field trip with um, the guy whose name I can't pronounce, Joe Manganiello or something, who plays Flash. I didn't realize he plays... Deathstroke and Justice League and such, and he's just what like a career for him. I know. I mean, I am really, really shortchanging him. He has actually had <laughs> jobs doing other things outside of comic book movies. Sorry to sell you short, bud. Um, but it was funny because I just I never clicked for me, and uh, so it's a bunch of thirty year olds, and then the and teacher <laughs> who is, you know, at least ten years younger than the rest of them. It feels like. Him trying to, he's like, I'm going to lecture James Franco. And I'm like, I don't buy this at all. Um, The teacher is also like a through line to the Tom Holland movies, in my opinion. It's like exasperated science teacher, like, get me the fuck out of here. Like Martin Starr. Yeah. This guy doesn't want to be here. He doesn't want to take all these rambunctious... I was going to call them rambunctious children, but rambunctious <laughs> 17, 18 year olds out to look at spiders. Um, but yeah, I mean, I really am curious, like, who greenlit the super spider program? What is the goal of the Why super Why are spider? they on display? Why are they using the largest micro, uh, <laughs> electron microscope on the eastern seaboard to look at spiders? <laughs> like, make it make sense. Because I got nothing. I, I think it's Quest Aerospace is doing. We also get a little sprinkling of, well, this is, like you said, Harry's there. So we don't know how Harry and Peter know each other. We assume, based on Harry's conversation with his dad, that he's just started public school because he got kicked out of or left private school. But they also imply that they're like brothers. Yeah. And that they've been friends forever. I don't know. I kind of like it. Because, like, I feel like even because, and I, I know I reference the comics a lot, and when I say, like, the comics that I've read are early, it's, like, early. Like, the ones that I have read, Harry was not really in the ones that I used to read. So I can't think of how, um, yeah, like, what were presented as, like, a very, like, poor, like, working class family member Peter Parker would come into contact with someone like Harry. But yeah, I mean, I like that they're friends, and I think they sell it. Like, I buy that they're friends. Yeah, me too. And, like, you understand their dynamic mm-hmm. right away. And I think, I mean, I think Harry's, like, a shitty person in the movie, but I think James Franco does a really good job. He's funny. When he's, like, talking about the spiders that can change color to blend into the surroundings, and he's like, what would make you think that I want to know that, Peter? And then immediately turns around and tells. Which I think that they showed his cards immediately. Also, like, he immediately went to Mary Jane, who he knows that Peter liked. So, like, I think we're we're meant to know exactly who everyone is in that first scene, honestly. Like, everyone is set up. Right. That's true, and it does it well. That that first scene is, is honestly one of my favorite scenes from the movie. Yeah. Even though it's, like, not... Nothing big happens other than the spider bite. Yeah, I saw a meme recently that was comparing Toby to Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. And 
the comparison was that in this, you have Peter asking nicely if he can take Mary Jane's picture in front of the spiders for the school paper. Meanwhile, Andrew Garfield is, like, creepily, secretly taking pictures of Emma Stone, like, around a corner, um, which almost feels more believable for the, the amount of awkwardness that we're supposed to get from Pete. I think I remembered that scene and thought that there was a scene with Tobey Maguire being, like, really creepy with the camera. Plays it cool. Well, doesn't he, like, put it on her chest or something? Or is that in something else? It was, like, a different Spider-Man thing. That wasn't in this, was it? That's what I was trying to remember. I don't don't know. I don't think... I mean, yeah, it could be. But I feel like it could also be the Andrew Garfield one. What perv. I don't know what it was. (laughs) So... In addition to the super spiders, we also get uh, a glimpse of Norman's defense contractor woes. You know, he's really going through it. Um, You know, we're made to seem like Norman Osborn is like a very successful businessman, scientist, what have you. But like, if the future of your company is hinging on getting one military contract, like, don't you think you've really put all your, your eggs in one basket? I had a similar note that I I think he comes off really weak in the beginning of this movie, which is not how I think of him. And obviously, like, he has a journey in this movie. But, yeah, he's, like, doesn't really have a grasp on, like, what's going on. He doesn't even, like, fire the scientist that's, like, questioning him, which I feel like the Norman Osborn that I think of would immediately just be like, well, you're fired. Or, like you know, a little bit more callous. And he's, like, still buddy-buddy with that scientist, even though he's, like, mad at him. I don't know. It was, like, a sh- that's a strange relationship to me. Yeah. And I know it's just kind of a means to an end, but... that I mean, the whole thing is something that I hadn't really picked up on before, like, the, the weakness. Like, you just see... He presents as very much, like, well, obviously more human and personable than he is later. But even to, like, when he goes into the test chamber and he puts the thing on, he's like, ooh, that's cold. It's like you see, like, a bit more... You still kind of get, like, that... You don't... I wouldn't really interpret it as coldness, but when he's talking to Peter and kind of, like, ignoring Harry and, like, telling him, like, how... Yeah. You know... He's pretty fake, I guess. Yeah. But you still get, like, a bit more of, like, maybe this is who that person really is before it goes away almost completely. Yeah, we don't see enough of him being, like, a good person. Yeah. I don't be. really know if... I'm know. like, is this just him? Like, is he actually going crazy? Yeah. Um, the other thing that was mentioned with that conversation was, like, nanotech. And I didn't know if that's, like, a common thing that gets referenced. Because I know that obviously comes to play a lot in Iron Man and, like, the whole science in Marvel. But, like... Is that a new thing? Like, was this, like, one of the first references to nanotech? Like, or is that just, like, a common superhero technology thing? It's probably a bit of both. I think they just wanted to have some term that sounded hip and future science-y. Yeah, I just, I was like, oh, I know what that is from other superhero stuff. As far as I know, none of the characters in the Raimi movies use any kind of nanotechnology. So, you know, they're just not that far. He just wrote a paper on it. Yeah. And he understood it. (laughs) Okay. They really doubled down on colors in this movie. Oh, yeah. We got a lot of red and blue with the spider. 
when he actually bites him, there's like literal red and blue genetic whatever happening. DNA is being recorded. And Norman's office is like green. There's like a lot of green in his house. Like it's, it's a lot. I mean, I appreciate it, but they're like a theme. It's heavy handed. That spider bite was looking nasty. Oh God. It like blew up. Yeah. I never really noticed it before. But uh, yeah, they, they, Peter was really going through the ringer. Is that what you meant by some of the horror stuff? Because they like zoom in on like gross stuff. Yeah. Like his hair or whatever that is on his yeah. fingers, like all that stuff. Like, I mean, it's just, I feel like I like that it's not afraid to be like, yeah, this dude is kind of like part spider now. Spiders are kind of gross. Yeah. I think it's, it's good to, you know, you got to recognize that a little bit. Well, we talked about this on the last episode about how they really like doubled down on that with the web coming out of his wrist. Yeah. And that thing looks nasty too. Yeah. Like, how are it's people not start. noticing this? I don't know. Maybe we're his aunt and uncle are up in his business like the whole movie. <laughs> well, not the whole movie. Okay, Griff. <laughs> um, let's see. Yeah, so one of the things that I had mentioned during the movie was that I really appreciate how Spider-Sense is implemented in this, whether that's through, like, a Matrix-style slow-mo. They have the one in the school when he's fighting Flash, where it kind of zooms out. You see someone, like, you know, hocking a loogie. You see a paper airplane. Yeah, it is gross. But I think... I think some of the slow-mo stuff is very much a sign of the times and, like, what's cool. But the uh, Tom Holland movies, I think, just as a reflex to all the other ones that came before. You know, they've been resistant to using the cliché stuff. But I'm like, guys, Spider-Sense is, like, one of the strongest abilities that he has. And we haven't really got to see it. I think they just show it by him being good at, like, dodging stuff, but they're not, like, being so explicit about it. Which I get, but I also was talking about, like, the Peter Tingle thing, which I was like, if you're going to put it in there, you don't have to, like, turn it into a... A different uh, thing. Yeah, like, I, I get it, but, you know. Well, this one had its own Peter Tingle joke, didn't it? Oh, yeah. The uh, big change? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Peter, you're talking to your aunt. Stop talking about your dick. I just think that the spider bite is just a metaphor for puberty. Like, I don't think anything else is happening. It's all in his head. Wow. It's wow. just a big metaphor for well, puberty. if that's puberty, then I really must be a late bloomer. And apparently, um, sp- <laughs> apparently spider bites just fix eyesight. You didn't know that? I didn't. That's why I have 20-20 vision. I thought you said that you were late bloomer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. They actually made that joke in um, the first Spider-Man game, which we talked about in our last episode, uh, when Miles is starting to get his abilities. <laughs> Peter's trying to give him, like, the talk about puberty, which I thought was so funny. Yeah, he's, like, younger. Yeah. And he has no idea what to do with that. Of course, the score in this movie is on point. Iconic sounds and something that I really associate with Spider-Man as a character, not just these movies. And when they do stuff like when Peter's learning to climb the wall and they have the horn notes 
like matching, like syncing up as his hands hit the wall. It's just like so fun. Just like having a good time with it, which I appreciate. Not all the songs have to be like super epic, even though they are. <laughs> um, I forgot. I did have one note about Green Goblin's creation. Um, what kind of like enhancer is just green smoke? Like, I, well, I guess it's supposed to be like. I mean, no, I have no idea. It's like a steam. He's like going in for a steam. <laughs> I think about it like the if it, the super soldier serum from Captain America, they just did it as an injection. Yeah, but there's no reason normal. why it couldn't be like you you turn it to steam and it goes through your pores. I don't know. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Also, and that's how they're gonna do it. Everyone in the military that's supposed to be getting that is a they're just gonna take a steam together. It's easier than getting everybody individual shots. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, just send it to the spa. Um, yeah. Okay. I mean, you could also ask why Oscorp's uh, cutting edge, like, body armor design had a goblin head. Unless we are supposed to think that Norman just made that <laughs> in his fit of psychotic rage. Well, yeah, because the guy on the... Um hoverboard or whatever had a different type of mask on, but he was wearing a mask. Yeah. All of the high school stuff makes me feel like, and the fight, all that made me feel like I was in a sky high. Yep. Like, yeah. So corny. The, the rest of this movie, like while corny is yeah. The high school stuff's on another level. It's just all like, it's so ridiculous. But I always do enjoy Peter's fight with Flash. Well, that was one of my positive notes about this whole movie is I think it does have really good fight scenes. I think they're all really good and they do the spider stuff really well yeah. and like all the flips and all that stuff. I mean, I'm sure he's just on rope or like the stunt guy is just on ropes Wire the whole time. Or, yeah, but, but still. Um, I thought they did a really good job with that. And you would think that uh, the the CG work or green screen work would stick out a lot more than it does. And not to say that it doesn't have like some rougher spots, but overall it doesn't really take away from it. The only stuff that really I like, like noticed that it was like a little bit distracting was like the goblin stuff. Like when he's in the air yeah, and like, that was like totally fine. Yeah. Um, it yeah, wasn't, it's, it's fine. Yeah. The whole montage of him learning his abilities is classic. And the, Go, Webb, go! So good. And uh, I love the cut from him swinging, like, slamming into the wall to running back to his house. It's just like... It was a Tarzan moment. He literally went... Ah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I do have a note on the fight. And this kind of tailspins into the whole conversation with Uncle Ben, but... I don't think he did anything wrong in the fight. Like, Flash kept coming after him, and he was like, I don't want to fight you, dodged him, like, ten times, and then finally responded. And I don't think that was wrong. And then, like, and I know it's, like, the most famous line, but what power is Uncle Ben referring to? Like, all he knows is that Peter's pretty much a wimpy kid that got into one fight and actually won. Like... It's just, I know what they're trying to do, but it doesn't really match the moment that P- 
Peter is actually it. I mean, it matches what we know about what Peter's in. Yes. But not what, like, Uncle Ben and Aunt May know about what, Pe- what moment Peter's in. Which I know, like, why, why, why do I bother poking a hole in that moment? Like, there's no point, but... I mean, yeah, I can't really go too hard into it just because, like, you know, it's, it's classic. But, yeah, you kind of have to wonder. And it makes me think that if I want to give it, like, some sort of, like, interpretation, that's just, like... <laughs> a quote that Ben has been passed down and now he's yeah. just like, well, this is time for a, a dad moment. And I do think he's like being like intuitive. Like he, they, I mean, obviously they both know like something's up and that it's not like him to fight, let alone win, I guess. <laughs> well, apparently in the comics, this, the great power comes great responsibility quote was narration. That was not something that someone was actually speaking Peter. So of course it makes more sense that like the omniscient narrator of the comics would right. have something to say about it. I mean, I don't even mind Uncle Ben saying it. It just didn't feel like that was the moment, but like they had to make something work. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point though. Cause I, I guess I, I was thinking about it and you know, in the fight you have MJ like looking disgusted. I know. Peter. And I'm like, is it only because he punched him halfway down the hallway? Like, Which, if he had just punched him, like, and didn't do a backflip over him, would it, would it have been fine? I don't... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously it was excessive, but I don't know. I just felt like Flash had it coming, which is actually what Uncle Ben says. So. <laughs> yeah, I do We're appreciate that. We're in agreement there. <laughs> uh, if you're curious, the Parker's home is on 69th Road in Forest Hills, Queens. So I guess when they talk about the city, it just means Manhattan. I did know that. Well, I, yeah, I was just, I was looking, like, at exactly where it was in Queens. Well, yeah, I knew when they were like, I'm going to move to the city, they meant, like, yeah. Manhattan. I have, a, I have a poor concept of how far that area of Queens is from Manhattan, but I think far it's... enough to be a, not somewhere you live and just kind of traipse into Manhattan whenever you want. Well, I think that's just, like, the most normal thing, like want to actually be in the city even though like i basically am yeah yeah it's just i I, take a train to someone outside new york city you'd probably be like well what do you mean like you're in one of the five boroughs you're basically there already (laughs) but honestly like that neighborhood doesn't look it has a whole lot to offer for someone in college so who could blame them especially especially mj trying to get out of that house um so my, I'm kind of just going into the wrestling match here. Yes, that's where I'm at as well. And uh, kind of just like an insane thing for Peter to, to do, you know, but he needs that money for a car. He's trying to get that, I don't know, which one was $3,000? I don't know, the Alfa Romeo or something. Which was, is like so shitty because it's like fresh off a scene where they're like talking about their money problems. I'm like, why couldn't he be like trying to get money for like the mortgage? That is true, but also... He wants a nice car so he can impress MJ. He's still he's still eighteen, you know. Yeah, he's still well, dumb. We're getting to my thoughts on yeah. on Toby. We're narrowing in. Well, this scene is really We're getting to the climax. We are starting to get there. But it's really this scene is elevated so much by Bruce Campbell, of course, who's the one that coins the name of Spider Man, and Randy Savage playing Bonesaw just I thought his veins were going to burst out of his head. He's, he's so good. 
And, I'm assuming you know, he is like a wrestler. Oh yeah, yeah. He was. He he died a couple years ago, but he was the character that he was playing in this. That was like his persona. He's just like insane, but um, extremely entertaining. And then who's the other person? Bruce Campbell. He's from Evil Dead. Sam Raimi's buddy. Ash. Ash. Yeah. So he's he'll probably pop up in No Way Home. Um, no. Yeah. No, Doctor Strange too. I just got it mixed up. Because Sam Raimi's directing Doctor Strange 2. And uh-huh. he, he puts him in everything, so... Look forward to that. I have no idea what his cameo, cameo could possibly be, but... Um, yeah, you should really just accept the better name there. Yeah, the human spider. Come on. Come on, man. And then he was, like, upset. At the amazing Spider-Man. I think that scene is so funny. Yeah, no, it's like, You got my name wrong. <laughs> um... Um, I went on a journey with the costume, so at first I was like, do we need an explanation on how he's, like, a a costume designer? And then I said, (laughs) never mind, the costume sucked. It's like sweatpants. But then I was like, how did he get the new one later? (laughs) Um, made no sense. But I'm fine. It's just another one of those, it's just an interpretation from the comics. Because in the comics, it's so funny because... You already have him, like, he's always, he's always getting his textbooks pushed out of his hands. He's got his sweater vest on. He's got his huge, like, Coke bottle glasses. And he, uh, when he makes the costume, he's like, oh, my God, if Flash could see me now. Because he's, like, sitting in his basement with, like, a whole, a whole knitting set. Obsessed with Flash. It's so funny. Oh, that's what I was going to say about the spider senses. I feel like they really do that with Flash, and obviously we see that in Justice League, yeah. where Superman does the the slow look. But that's what I was thinking of when we did when we were talking about Flash scenes. versus the Flash. Yeah. Also, yeah. Very confusing. <laughs> um. Why didn't Uncle Ben talk to him the whole drive to the library? He waited till they got there and was like, "We need to talk." I'm like, "That's what the drive is for." <laughs> he forgot. It, was, it might have been a by, better convo. <laughs> he was he was too frustrated by city traffic. You yeah, know? fair. It's I no mean, time. fair. You gotta focus. You see that that boat of a car that he's driving into the city. My God. But uh, yeah, you know, could have avoided some. You know, Peter really brutalized him in that conversation. It's like that book, Hidden Talents. You know, he he hit him in the core. Oh my gosh, that book. <laughs> What a reference. Stop pretending to be my dad. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm at some thoughts. So I don't know if you want to talk more about the wrestling or Uncle Ben. Um, only insofar as, like, it, it pains me because when he gets swindled out of his $3,000 and then lets that guy go, I'm like, yeah, like, let that dude get robbed. He's a piece of shit. But there's, I know. That, there's that responsibility. I I mean, one, that is so shitty. $100? I mean, in the nerve of the guy to be, he's going to get away with my money. Like, yeah. why, why, would, why would I possibly care about that? Are you kidding me? Yeah, like, personally, I don't, again, I'm like, I don't know if he really did anything wrong by letting him go. I mean, obviously, we find out, you know, the impact of that. Yeah. But part of my question was, like, or my thought was, like, I guess the lesson is, like, 
just do the right thing no matter what. But I feel like the other Spider-Mans, like Andrew Garfield and Tom Holland, like are already better people than the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Like they're already like willing to do the right thing. Like they would have stopped that guy no matter what. And I don't know what that says about like this version of Spider-Man and which one's more accurate to the comic. Yeah, I think this one is. Because I think the other ones just kind of skip that early character development. For Andrew Garfield, we just don't really see it. And, well, I mean, there is. Yeah, Uncle Ben dies. I know, but like in the Tom Holland one, it's just kind of like, well, that already happened, so that's that. Which is like... But I also just assume Tom Holland is already such a sweet boy, he would... He would always do the right thing. That's, like, honestly kind of a problem, because I feel like there's, like, that... That's supposed to be, like, a learning curve. And, you don't, yeah, you don't get that sense from Tom Holland. He's just, like, a good guy. But you... He learned a different lesson yeah. in the second one, in particular, about, you know, wanting to do all these big things, but, like, not really being ready for it. Mm-hmm. So I think that they choose a good... They still give him, like, you know, you still have a lot to learn, basically. Or maybe that's in the first one. I don't know. When he's like bothering hot, happy all the time. Yeah, that's in the first one. But the yeah. second one's kind of well. The second one's more like like kind of a trust thing and. Yeah, it's the first one that I was talking about where he's like, because he went and fought with. And he got it over his head. Yeah, exactly. Well, I I do think that we're supposed to see him like not as like an immediate like pinnacle of goodness. Like it's something that he actually has to learn, which I think is very human. I think. What I, during this scene, is when I realized what I don't like about Tobey Maguire is he's so overconfident and lacks any type of humility. And it gives me, like, such big, like, I'm a nice guy energy, like, or, like, I deserve this now because I was, like, bullied. Mm -hmm. Like, he has that energy, which is, like, very much of the lens of, like, 2021. But, like, it really... That's what doesn't sit with me well, which is maybe just of its time. It just it just feels like not not good. Yeah, I think this kind of character is definitely dated. And I think it's kind of like a something that came about like on the the wind down of like real, like really bad depictions of like the nerd getting revenge trope from like the 80s and 90s. Like literally like in Revenge of the Nerds when they, like, rape somebody, basically, and they're like, well, like, now the nerds got to, like, sleep with the cheerleaders, and it was, like, vindication because they've been bullied. And I think that's something that has mostly been, like, worked out of, like, the collective, you know, uh, social system where it's, like, we're not going to celebrate somebody anymore for being, like, the, the clearing the very low bar of, like, being a decent person uh, because they were bullied or something. But I totally get that vibe, like, here. Yeah, he's just, like... I think he thinks a lot is owed to him, and owed to him because he's, like, now Spider-Man and doing all these things. Like, part of me in, in these movies, I'm like, is he doing this because he wants to, like, help people, or is he doing it for, like, this glory that he never had from high school? And, like... And that, that's something interesting to play with, but I don't think that's what they're trying to do. <laughs> yeah, I think they could have, um, that would have made it like a bit more 
interesting if that was the direction they chose to go in. Because I kind of feel like that's something that might have, uh, you know, they could have borrowed that from the comics too. It's like, you have to be doing this for the right reasons. And I feel yeah. like that's a, that's a theme in so many superhero stories. Right. And I don't think they are exploring that, but I think it's like still there. Mm -hmm. And I think we see it in the next two movies, like him continuing to not be a great person as Peter Parker and like Well and the like the glory thing gets like way worse. And right. I, I do think they actually grapple with Yeah. That, but not not in this. I don't think that was an intentional thing. No, it, at all. well or maybe they like Sam Raimi was kind of like knew what seeds had been planted intentionally or unintentionally, but I don't know. I I don't know if they resolve it that well. Not in this. And I guess maybe they were gonna do a fourth movie, but I mean, even in like the third one, I don't. Yeah. I don't feel good about Peter by the end of the movies. Yeah, and I'm kind of wondering. And if I think that that's was... what's put a bad taste in my mouth about Tobey Maguire. Yeah, I'm also <laughs> kind of wondering if that was a goal because like I've read something similar about like the ending of Spider-Man Three and how it kind of it's not setting you on a path where it's like well everything's daisies now and. Like Peter and MJ are like good, and you know things. Nothing's gonna go wrong again. It's very much like a, I don't know, like. Well, I know you. Is he gonna learn? I know you said that like the whole point of Spider Man is like his life is never good. Like he's always struggling he's always with something, but one step forward, two steps back. Maybe that's just something like I can't. I not like, or I can't. Um, Except that, I guess. I, I feel don't like know. that's like a struggle of a lot of people that read Spider-Man comics. It's like he's never, they never let him like have a happy ending. Yeah. It's like, it's like if a they, soap opera. I he, mean, obviously a comic is, like, is a soap opera. He either dies or like they move on to another character. But or you he, live to see yourself this, become the enemy. Or that. He becomes a shit person. <laughs> or he gets, he like gets old and like retires, but then he has to come back and everything gets terrible again. It's just, I guess to an extent. Yeah, comics are super hard. No one really gets to just, like, live. Right. Um, you have to have conflict, obviously. Spider-Man has an extra bad. <laughs> it's always something. Yeah. I mean, they do the same thing with Batman. Mm-hmm. Batman just has less people to, <laughs> I don't know, get killed. I don't know. It's, like, the same thing. Yeah. He's got Alfred instead of Aunt May, and he's got That's Rachel. True. Yeah. Kind of on that same theme, just in terms of like him getting this, uh, his rise to stardom. I like the little montage they do of Spider-Man starting to get it known around town. They have I the, do too. Like the busker in the subway and people talking about him. I think all of the people splices is very accurate. Yeah. And honestly, like James, James Jonah Janus. Nah, nope. J. J. Jonah Jameson. J. Jonah Jameson's take on it is obviously very accurate, yeah. as we know today. Yeah. Big Alex Jones energy. That's the it's the New York Post. I, that's the vibe that I get. I don't know why he goes. The, I mean, I guess they're the ones offering the money for the pictures, but I feel like he could get more money at a different paper. <laughs> yeah, it feels like this is the only newspaper in New York in this universe, which it very well may be. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean. You you would like clock the time just to see like at what point we got to that. It's almost not until an hour in that we get introduced to Jameson. Yeah, that little montage of him being Spider Man is with his new suit is yeah. an hour in. It's just about it is like exactly it's halfway. halfway. Um, Which that's another compliment I have to this movie is like they pack a lot into this in a good way. Like the pacing is pretty good in this movie. It's really well paced. Because when you noted that, I was like, huh. 
if you had asked me like when Peter Parker gets his like actual suit and starts like doing real stuff, I would not like, I would have guessed, guessed ten hour. minutes earlier, like forty five, and it was fifty five. Yeah. And this is also the point that uh, Norman really starts to get scary. And it still they makes do you... that good in the background too of yeah. like Norman's dealing with his thing, but we don't know how it's gonna inter- intersect mm-hmm. with. And it's cutting Spider-Man. between them. I mean, the board the board really takes a big dump on him. That was so shitty, and it's I'm like, so mean. Does he have beef with that guy? Because that guy hated him. The the one on the end. Yeah, he's sipping his little mug of coffee. He's like, you're out. Which just, again, back to our earlier point, is, like, we just assume that Norman's an asshole to begin with. Yeah. Like, he's not liked. Yeah. And I, I do wish that, um, you know, I want to know more about that backstory. Like, does, like, why do they not like Norman? Like, is it just because he's a dick? Or is it, like, because they don't think he's running the company well? Or Yeah, and I think they maybe assume that he's up to something nefarious. Like, the whole bombing with the thing seemed very suspicious, yeah. maybe. I don't know. I mean, and like his engineer or his scientist is murdered. If I was, yeah, if I was working with Willem Dafoe too, I think he was suspicious. Just, just look at the guy. But <laughs> he, he looks like he's up to something all the time. But he's blowing everyone out of the water in terms of acting. Oh in my this god, movie. incredibly good. The best scene in the movie is him talking to himself in the mirror. Yeah, like incredibly well done. Everything about that scene, just like the slow reveal that it's like, well, he's not like cognizant of like what this is kind of like a but he kind of is and just like the way that that is framed like you have him walking towards the camera or walking towards the mirror the camera's behind him so it kind of makes you believe that like the face that you're not seeing could be different from the one that right you see like the goblin persona doing and then there's a moment where he turns away to like read the newspaper and like you see his face like change as he's reading and i was like God, it's so good. It's so good. Because it's him talking to himself. It's not him even looking in the mirror and he's imagining someone talking to himself. Like, he's actually doing it. Yeah. Which is just, like, an extra layer, I think, it's of... so good. Good. Um, a good show of him kind of devolving yeah. into that. And uh, he's real swift with his revenge after the board meeting. Do you think his pumpkin bombs will still turn people into skeletons? When we see him again. <laughs> I hope so, one? just as a reference to it. Be like Horrifying to everybody like, in the MCU. Well, it is from a different time, so, you know, it's literally from that timeline. <laughs> also, is Goblin aware that Harry is up there? I Gobbs? Don't, I what don't, about Gobbs Jr., you know? I don't know. I just, I don't think he... I don't know if he cares. I don't know if that's supposed to be intentionally being like Norman doesn't care about Harry or what. Um, it's also we like, never, yeah, we don't know. Isn't it like their penthouse? Or no, they're somewhere no, else. No, they're at some, whoever's like hosting them. I don't know how Harry was there if Norman's not. Because it's the <laughs> Oscorp. Yeah. Like, they didn't tell Harry that Norman's out, so... The guy's just like, I don't think he's coming. It's just tell him. <laughs> the glider seems terrible for the environment. The thing is spewing smoke. But really big surrender Dorothy vibes. Oh yeah. <laughs> and that dumbass kid won't get out of the way of the float. Um 
Do you think that at any point Mary Jane's like, it's kind of weird that Spider-Man knows my name and keeps yelling, MJ, Mary Jane. There's really, there's no reason for him to know it. There is none. It makes, it makes no sense whatsoever, but, um, you know, maybe. There's a lot happening. Yeah, maybe she just doesn't know. I feel like, though, she definitely, like, thought about it later, and that's part of, like, kind of at the end of the movie, her, you know, it's a lot of things compiling at once. Um, I kind of jumped ahead a little bit to... Jameson getting accosted by Goblin at his office. No, that's and, where I'm at. Okay. He really comes through there, doesn't he? That is such a good moment for him. He doesn't reveal his source. Yeah. And I was like, I kind of forgot that, and I really love that. He has dignity, and it tells you, like, a lot about his character, like, in a very short time. Like, can, all things considered, like, the screen time that he has in this is not very much. It's so short. I really thought that we had at least another scene with him. Um, but yeah, I don't know if it's just like a journalist thing, like, you know, cause journalists never reveal their sources, mm -hmm. but I don't know. I just really, I liked that. Cause yeah, I mean, you have all that stuff like, well, he has the line about like slander versus libel. And yeah. It's that's like, also a great line. It's like, well, he knows what he's talking about, but he's still kind of like a sleaze bag. So I don't know. But then it's like, you know, confirmed he's, he still doesn't like Spider-Man ever, but yeah. Like he's just he, trying to sell papers. Right. The papes. Sell papes to make papes, you know? The MJ near gang rape scene is like from a different movie, or I would even hazard to say it's like from a musical. Like there's music. From play. a musical is. I mean, this scene almost happens exactly in West Side Story, so I'm just saying, like, there is precedent. Maybe an homage? I don't know, but I was like, what is happening? Like, I mean, I knew what was happening, but it was it was just over the top. Like, yeah. I was waiting for them to start snapping. <laughs> like, a guy barked. A man oh, barked. Oh, yeah, he did bark. That was super weird. Uh, spooky. Uh, that was the MTV's Best Kiss winner of 2003, if you were curious. I feel like I remember that happening. And it won over Daredevil and Drumline. Okay, Drumline does have a great kiss, I will say. But obviously, this is iconic. It's raining. He's upside down. Come on. She doesn't reveal who it is. <laughs> I think it also won over uh, Gangs of New York. I can't say I know any kisses in that. And uh, Punch Drunk Love. I was going down the MTV Best Kiss rabbit hole. It's very entertaining. The first winner was from um, My Girl. Oh, God. Kind of weird, isn't it? That's one of the saddest movies I've ever seen. Yeah. Different. A story for a different podcast. Um, I did have one note before. I guess the scene where Goblin, like, takes him and puts him up on the roof is before that Mary Jane scene. Yeah. He doesn't think to, like, look under the mask then. I think there's something funny about, like, he's, like... It's almost he doesn't, Joker, he doesn't like, want to, I want, yeah. yeah. 
Because he talks about that. He's like, well, we can either like do this or we keep fighting each other and getting innocent people killed in the process. And that's so funny to me because that's never so much said, I guess. Like, not in so many words. It's always like, we'll keep fighting until like one of us dies. No, I thought that's what he said. I don't think Goblin said it if innocent people get killed. No, he did. I thought he said until one of us kills the other. No, well, he, he does. He's like, until one of us kills each other, we'll keep fighting and oh. causing it is like, you know. But he's causing innocent lives already. He's projecting. Okay. <laughs> it's such a like casual scene for him just being like, you know what? You know, we'll talk about it and, you know, maybe think about it. If it doesn't work, then I'm going to try to kill your girlfriend and everybody else. Well, so. before we get that, we get him being... The most extra <laughs> in the fire. Scene. Oh my god! I, How much do you think he planned that? I don't know because it seemed like the fire. Well, may, I guess he caused the fire. Yeah, which like but one? Like, like, how did he know Spider Man was going to come? That could be a fire department job. Yeah, I don't. I don't know, but I just remember that seeing that for the first time and like really being scared. It's really scary. Yeah. That's that's the jump scare that I'm talking about. Pops out. Yeah. Norman's just like, all right, well, I'm going to set this building on fire, and then I'm going to pick up this um, this old woman's scarf, and I'm just going to hobble around with it and start screaming, <laughs> and we're going to see what happens. But that does lead into uh, the great scene at Thanksgiving dinner. That is a really good scene. You really... I'm, like, very on edge with how Norman is acting. He's so, he's so just, like, nosy and creepy, and he's irritable with everybody, and he does, like, he, he looks his... at Aunt May. And then he licks his fingers really weirdly. I mean, you know, she she smacked the shit out of his hand. He was just trying to eat one marshmallow. Sorry we didn't bless the food yet, May. What? I mean, it's also, like, gross. Like, you got your fingers in there. I know. It's just very funny. He takes it so seriously. Um, Harry, 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 Harry. I mean, I thought that with his dad, like, he did try and stand up for Mary Jane. And then, like, his dad just, like, stormed off. And then when Mary Jane was like, thanks for, like, standing up for me. Then he, like, doubled down and was like, okay, that was your moment to be like. Yeah, because he was like, you're not, you're wrong about her. Yeah. So I was like, okay. I was like, I thought, like, he did what I expect the best he could have. Like, maybe more, but, like, his dad was also, like, hightailing it out of there. Like, yeah. Yeah, I had about a second to be like, well, I don't know, Mary Jane, like, he did. And then, oh, okay, And then never he mind. was like, my dad's amazing. And gets admonished by Aunt May for it. Yeah, even though, like, you constantly complain about your dad, so. It's like, do you want to be your dad? Because, like, there's a lot of reasons why you shouldn't want to be your dad. And none of them have anything to do with the Green Goblin. Where are you at on Harry dating MJ? It It's not great. But, like, do you think it's really that bad? Because I, I actually kind of was like... He was right in saying that Peter never made a move, but I think he should have talked to Peter Yes, about that it. is exactly what I would say. It's like, well, you know, if left to his own devices, if if he had never become Spider-Man, he never would have spoken to her, I don't think, and never would have, like, admitted his feelings to her. But, yeah, if you're going to do that to, like, someone that you consider a good friend, you got to talk about it first. 
And I'm sure, like, even if he did, Peter would have been like, well, like, okay, because yeah. he's kind of a pushover. But, yeah, pretty pretty slimy of him just trying to keep it a secret. I mean, they're living together. What is that? Him and Peter. Yeah. Like, you can't do that. It was going to come out one way or another, so, like, why not just get it out in the open? Right. Um... I'm at the hospital. I'm just breezing past the saying the our father, Hail Mary, or whatever. That's that's brutal. I've always that's always stuck with me. Traumatized May. Like for real. Uh yeah, so May's in the hospital. She's fine. I think she's mostly just spooked by Gabi. And then we get this whole I don't even know how to describe this interaction. The dumbest conversation in the <laughs> hospital is what my note says. <laughs> for, so she's like, <clears throat> for those of you who haven't seen this movie recently, MJ is like, um, I think I'm in love with Spider-Man. Is that weird to say? And he's like, no, I like kind of know him. So I'll talk through him like my, I'm pretending like my best friend is texting you in middle school. Like, it is so dumb. And he's like, and this is what I said to him when he asked about you. And then just does this monologue. And I would be really creeped out of this guy who, like, barely talks to me. She knows that Peter's in love with her, first of all. Yeah. Like, Mary Jane is very aware of people being attracted to her. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It was just so dumb. I was like, you are such a coward. <laughs> it's framed in the worst possible way. It's like, wow, what was the context of this conversation? Are yeah, like, really yeah, you kind of know him. You guys just chat. Well, it was very lucky for Peter that she really, she really ate that shit up, because... <laughs> If I were her, I'd have been like, well, oh, what? She's not, she doesn't have the best track record with relationships. No, she's like, uh, okay, cool. Like, does he have a cell phone? <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's very, like, Lois Lane in the first Superman. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and I think Kirsten Dunst is amazing in this movie. Like, she's also, like... I don't think she gets enough credit for being, like, such a good actress. Um, but I just don't like their relationship. And so much of the movie is around their relationship that I, I think it that weakens the movie. Yeah, I think I agree. It's just fortunate that Kirsten Dunst could elevate that character just by her performance. Because otherwise it's, like, very kind of generic like i think she makes it more than like a damsel in distress character because of what she brings to it but like the writing is still not caught up with her yeah exactly like it i i think um if this had come out like a couple years later it could have succeeded in kind of giving her more of a yeah at least when they went with like when stacy they like made her a scientist in her own right and like was an active party of like getting things done and like like she like makes an injection or something like that. Yeah. Like. Yeah, she's she does more to drive the plot forward, but I I mean I do think you know at the end of the day I think most of these movies she is could you could just boil her character down to the damsel in distress, but at least she has like, uh, her own plot that is affecting like that relationship. Yeah. As the movies go on. 
Like, yeah, she definitely has her own stuff to do. But. Yeah. And I think this just about brings us to the the climactic battle, doesn't it? The classic, you know, instead of a school bus. We got the trolley. In the middle of the night, I'm just gonna I've always wondered that. Like what kind of what is what is happening? Yeah, because Mary Jane's in her PJs. Like, yeah, it is clearly it is late. It is <laughs> I think it's is, like Boy Scouts. Maybe they're camping. Where? <laughs> I know, I'm going, just kidding. Camping know. on Roosevelt Island? I don't know. It's an easy <laughs> field trip. I mean, I bet it's cool to do that at night. So maybe it's like a thing. Like maybe. to go on that trolley. Yeah, it, it makes you wonder though. You know, those children were in the wrong place at the wrong time. Everyone's awake. I mean, it's New York, I guess. Like yeah. the bridge is full of people. Yeah. Which is also one of my favorite moments from this movie is when people on the bridge start throwing things at you. The, I, what do the, you call him? Gabby? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is Gabby. The New York camaraderie in these movies is on point. And they do it in the Andrew Garfield ones too with the guys moving the cranes. Oh, the right. First one. I forgot about that. Um, this one's like a little bit more organic. They're just throwing yeah. shit off the bridge. Which felt very like <laughs> yeah. character. One guy had a baseball bat ready to go. Yeah. Um, Gobby, I will admit, has a pretty good evil plan here. You know, he does, he says it himself, a, a psychopath will come along with a sadistic experiment, make you, make you decide what kind of person you are. Uh, little did he know that he could handle both, barely. It was, it was real close there. Plus we had the, the steamboat guys coming in. Well, I don't know if it was a steamboat, but whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah, no, thank thank God that the, the helpful citizens in New York were there to save the day, but I mostly uh, remember this fight through the lens of the video game. It was very difficult, and I was not very good at it when I was a kid, <laughs> so it's a lot more fun to watch it than it was to play it. And It's the final boss. It is. Um, so after the fight on the bridge and everybody has been saved, MJ and the children... You were wondering where they go to fight afterward because... It's very scenic. Uh, and Goblin ties up Spider-Man and just yanks him. I thought his back was broken after that. It looked very painful. It is an abandoned... Well, it's called the Smallpox Hospital. Yikes. It's a hospital located on Roosevelt Island. It opened in 1856 uh, and closed a century later. And the ruins are still there. It's on the National Register of Historic Places. And it's the only ruin in the city with that designation. I guess I and should they, have known that it was Roosevelt Island because I knew that that... The um, gondola or yeah, tram thing. Yeah. Trolley thing, yeah, goes to Roosevelt, so... Well... And that makes sense that there would be something like that on Roosevelt They really <laughs> fucked up this National Register of Historic Places. I know, it was really it's scenic like, and beautiful. And I do like that they did it at night because I think it did add something. It's to very memorable scene. to me. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the rest of the movie is so, like... When he has that wall come down. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think it works well, too, because, like, the city itself is, like, very much present in this movie. Like, it, like, bleeds... You're in New York. It's one of the characters. I was trying to avoid saying that. <laughs> um, so, like, this is such, like, an abrupt change of scenery. Spider-Man in the city. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it really, it takes you out of it. Even though, like, you're not out of it. It's like, this feels different. This feels, feels darker. 
What do you think about the whole, like, reveal of it being Norman and then, like, him, you know, finally, not finally, but, like, he's, like, fully cohesive. I, I, I think that's, that's not a, word. a really good, um, I wouldn't even say it's a twist. I think that's, like, a really good development because, yeah, the rest of the movie you kind of have, like, at least to me, there's, like, some sort of underlying sympathy for Norman, like, not Goblin Norman, just, like, he's realizing that this is happening to him, and he's kind of helpless to stop it. But, yeah. Like but at first, it was him taking over, kind of. Because I think he did not remember some of the things he had done. Yeah. But as it goes on, and then you have it confirmed that he is now playing the part of Norman, and it's just Goblin, I was like, well, it kind of lets you know that even if... You know, Peter doesn't have this perspective at all, but, like, the audience knows that, like, you know, he's beyond saving right. at this point. There's no Norman anymore. I mean, I'm sad that they killed Goblin because he's so good, but, like, they did a good job of not making him, like, a murderer. Like, that's always tough to be, like, you have to still be a hero. And they did. Yeah, well, he did it to himself. So. Exactly. And, you know, they, they did manage to have Willem Dafoe come back in these movies. Because um, he, like, he speaks Oh, does the Harry. voice, yeah. yeah. I, I was think like, he's, what? I think he's actually in one of them. Really? He's, like, in the mirror. Oh, yeah. But it's very brief. I think you're right. Um, but, yeah, but then you get that, that moment of him telling or asking Peter not to tell Harry. So it's like, well, who was that? <laughs> it's like is in his dying moments did like Norman kind of come I back? I think so. Or is that just another goblin thing? <laughs> well, I think there's still Norman. You can't have Gobby without Norm. Without Normie. So true. <laughs> Gobby and Normie. Just two um, peas in a pod. But real bad luck on Spider Man on his delivery of Norman and the whole Harry thing, like, yeah. I don't know if there was another option, but I don't think so. It was it was bad. It was a bad luck. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Like, was there, did he? What would he have done if he didn't put the body like back? Just like left it there. No, I think it was the the right call because otherwise, yeah, he would have been found like basically in the goblin thing. But like, I don't know, be a little quicker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, all of this could have been avoided if he didn't see Spider Man. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, that's the whole point is that he now has right. a vendetta against Spider Man. That's a that's which is good. Like, it's a good way to keep the plot moving. That's an interesting question, though. Like, if he if he hadn't seen him, there's nothing necessarily tying it i mean people probably would have guessed because you know they were last spotted fighting each other yeah but he doesn't know that norman's goblin yeah so there's nothing tying norman to peter yeah. or to spider-man well that comes out later i suppose i know it? but yeah yeah i get what you're at saying at this point yeah so we uh we kind of leave it off on you know it's kind of it's a, it's a downer note you know generally speaking um yeah, toby seems smug with himself I don't think so. At the end of this? Yes, he like walks off and he's like, because I'm Spider-Man. And I don't well, see, need I... to be with this woman that I've been in love with forever. And she finally, she had to make the first move because I wasn't going to say I don't anything. take it as that at all. <laughs> I think maybe that's just like, you know, you, I question his line reading maybe, but I think it's definitely supposed to be like, well, like, 
I just killed my best friend's dad and then lied to him about it. And now I'm, I have to be the one to comfort him, even though I killed him. And then the girl that I've loved since I was, in his words, the girl I loved before I even liked girls is now like, I love you, but like, I almost got her killed. So now I can't do that anymore. I mean, I think he's clearly making the right call, but I was kind of like, damn, she still has to be the one to be like, I love you. Like, yeah. Yeah, he definitely wasn't... If he wasn't going to do it before, he definitely wasn't going to do it now. Pain. All that for... All that for this, Peter. Yeah, well... I think Mary Jane should be single for a while. <laughs> yep. She just goes from relationship to relationship, and they're never good. Yep. Definitely a good life choice for her. Just be single in the city, you know? Date the city, you know? Yeah. It's a character. Um, yeah, so... And that brings us to the end of our, uh, the first step of our Spider-Man journey. If you had to summarize your thoughts on this movie in one sentence, what would that sentence be? And I'm asking this with no idea what mine would be. I think it's a really solid, um, origin story for Spider-Man and has a great villain but not a great hero (laughs) yeah i mean i feel like that's kind of that's the gist of your whole feeling about the this trilogy in general yeah and i will be on the lookout for these things in the other two movies as well yeah and if i go back to liking how they did it but i don't know I think mine would just be the ideal blueprint for an origin story, which I know you said origin story too, but like this just feels like in the span of two hours, it hits every note that it needed to and explains to you like who this character is and how he relates to everybody in his life very well. And not all of it is like nice. And it's to me, it's like, I kind of, um, I miss more characters having secret identities so I yeah. think that speaks to me, too, about, like, having to handle that. I think it was ideal, but now it's been overdone too much. So I wouldn't want to see a movie come out today that follows this format, I think. Um, which is not a, a diss on this, because they, they didn't necessarily do it first, but they were early on with it. Um, yeah. I mean, I get that. Like, it is 20 years old. It's just, like, I just feel like... You could you could kind of use the the formula that they gave you here and modernize it, and it would still work just as well. But I agree about well, that, that's what we were saying. We were kind of glad that they didn't do it with Tom Holland. Well, yeah, like maybe not not just for Spider Man, but you could. Yeah, I mean, I know what you're saying, like in general. Uh, so I don't really have any verses or anything. I have a couple of pieces of trivia. Well, one of them I already blew is the best kiss winner. The other one is that the character Hoffman at the Daily Bugle, the one who proposes calling Goblin the Green Meanie, that is Sam Raimi's brother, Ted Raimi. Also, did you confirm if Elizabeth Banks is Sue? Because they didn't actually say her name, I don't think. (laughs) No, she makes a point of not saying her name. Uh, Let me verify, but yeah, she's Betty Brandt. Oh, Betty. I don't know where I got Sue from. I don't know. Sue Storm? Um, 
I'm just looking up some other trivia. Uh, Willem Dafoe performed 90% of his own stunts. Hugh Jackman was supposed to have a brief Wolverine cameo. Oh my gosh, that would have been wild. But it didn't, it didn't work out because the crew couldn't get access to the costume from X-Men. What? How the hell did that happen? And I know we've talked about this before. The scene where Peter catches the lunch tray was mm-hmm. done practically with no CGI. Um, he just had a sticky substance to keep the tray on his hand. And it took 156 takes. Oh, yeah, we did talk about that. Yikes, that would have sucked to be like an extra. Oh that's a, that's a day of shooting, I feel like. Oh, jeez. The this was the first movie to gross a hundred million dollars in its opening weekend. No film had ever done that, even adjusted for inflation. Tobey Maguire had never read a comic book in his life, but he liked the script, so he signed on, and then signed on for two sequels and made twenty six million dollars. The last piece of trivia, because there was a lot of trivia for this on IMDb, was one that I didn't know, was that David Fincher was asked to direct this. David Fincher, known for such movies as uh, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo and Gone Girl, among other like insanely spooky. dark, spooky thrillers. Um, and apparently his version would have told the origin story in the opening credits and would have been based on The Night Gwen Stacy Died. Wow. That would have been a really bold way to do the first Spider-Man movie. I wouldn't have minded them doing the the, the origin and the credits. I, they should have definitely done that for the Andrew Garfield one. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. What was your favorite scene? Hmm. Hmm. Oh, wow. That's a very difficult question. Um... I think I have the most fun with... It would have to be the uh, the montage of him learning his powers, I think. I just think it's so fun, and it encapsulates like the lighter side of Spider-Man. I gotta go Norman in the mirror. Mm. I mean, like we said, in terms of like pure acting skill... But I also think it's, like, very interesting. It is. That's just a straight-up good scene. What of Spider-Man's abilities would you want? Oh, if I had to pick one? I think, and to separate them as much as possible, so, like, swinging is one, walking up walls is one, spider sense is one. I would even say, like, grabbing something could be its own thing. I could go with swinging, but... oh. Wait, is there any others? Oh, Having perfect eyesight and a great bod overnight. <laughs> yeah, that counts, but I'm not going to take it. This is hard because... An inflated sense of ego? Yeah, I don't want that one either, but it's definitely part of it. Part of the package. I, Of course I want the swinging, but without the other stuff, the swinging is super dangerous. Like, if you mess up a, a swing, you can't stick to something. You're just going to fall. Whoa. I think you can successfully swing. Like, that would be... Yeah, I would just be more scared. I can't catch myself. But I, th- I still think I'm going to take the swing. I think I'd just do the spider sense. Just spider sense? 
Yeah. yeah. But what what can you do with spider sense if you don't have the other powers? I'd just be more aware. Yeah. Move out of the way of stuff. You know, <laughs> like I know if... when something bad is happening. Yeah. You know, I wonder if this. Uh, they never talk about it, but in the the Tom Holland Spider Man, he has to like wear the goggles because he gets like sensory overload. Yeah. From the spider sense, so I wonder if that's the same. You mean as Peter Tingle? No, I don't. Uh, so I wonder if the other. You know, I, I, we've been saying Spider Mans and Spider Men. Is it? Is it Spider's Man? Is it like Attorney's General? I think it's Spider Man's. I kind of like Spider's Man. I know, you do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm entertaining myself over here. Well, um, this was a really fun time rewatching this one. And it's getting me excited to watch not just the only, uh, the other two Tobey Maguire's, but also jump into the Andrew Garfield's. We watched the first Andrew Garfield last year. We have not seen the second one in God knows how long. I think I've only seen it once. So that's going to be really it's fresh. It's a while from now. Yeah, well, that'll be in a couple weeks. But of course, this is all building up to No Way Home. And if you guys have any thoughts about that, or you know, if you have anything to contribute to the discussion about this movie, let us know, because I know this is a classic, and people have a lot of feelings about it. And we would love to hear any thoughts. Well, thanks for um, webbing out with us. Oh, uh, that's a good pun. That wasn't a good pun, so don't... Yeah, I was trying to come up with a good one. <laughs> oh, man, this is really spinning out of control, like spinning webs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, let's just, let's just call it a wrap. We've been... Out, out of, of the, the Superverse. superverse.